Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Hey guys, Rosie here. I just want to say I am so grateful that you're listening. We are just getting a massive amount of response on this podcast, and I am so grateful that you're a part of this radically loved community, that you're enjoying the content and that you're enjoying all the guests and that you're still here and you're still working on yourself and your journey and your path. And I pray that you've received some tools listening to the guests or listening to any of my ideas or topics on meditation or yoga and how these tools can help you create a life of purpose to continue to help us give you the best content you can subscribe to this podcast and most of the time you can just do it from your phone from itunes click subscribe and write a review this really helps us continue this path and this journey and we love doing it so much and again i'm so grateful that you're here let us know what you thought thanks for listening Katie Dalebout curates inspired wisdom that guides people to go deep and sift through the thoughts clouding their minds. She is a contributor to Hello Giggles, Refinery29, and Mind Body Green, and the incredible host of Let It Out, an incredible podcast where she helps people develop a positive image of their bodies by embracing their creativity and personality outside of their physicality. She's on a mission to share journaling tools that invoke deeper authenticity and self-awareness. And her best-selling book, Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling, is an incredible tool for anybody who's wanting some clarity in their life. I was recently in Detroit, where Katie lives for the time being, and I was able to connect with her, have some tea, and have some monk Buddhist-made kale chips that she brought me that were amazing. I am so inspired by her. She's a millennial blogger, speaker, and just so full of light and love. And I'm so, so, so happy that I was able to finally connect with her and just share a little bit about her story. Thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this one. Hey, everyone. Katie, say hello. Hi, hi Rosie, hi everyone. <laughs> we're um, we're sitting in my hotel room in Detroit, it's Michigan. Beautiful. It's pretty nice view, right? Beautiful view. It's like the greatest view I've ever seen in Detroit. Really? Maybe. Yeah. Oh. It's a really great view. Yeah. Oh wow, that I, I love looking at these old buildings yeah. here. I don't even know what the names of the buildings are, but um, they look very like. Just, 20s. Yeah, 20s architectural. Yeah. Like you can really... There's a lot of that here. Yeah, there's like, yeah. you could feel the art deco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, my, um, one of my best friends here, they live in this really cool apartment in um, the West Village. I don't know if you've been like up that way, mm-hmm. but their building is very 1920s-esque and in, in their uh, 
elevator like reminds me like I feel like I'm a flapper and I'm like going to visit them oh that's so cool yeah Yeah, it's really cool city so I've been here for a couple of days Mm -hmm. uh everyone Katie is uh an incredible Mm -hmm. podcast host she's an author she has a, a extensive resume of just being a beautiful light in this world and helping people and providing really deep knowledge and giving us tools on how to basically express our gifts and let them out. Just a little plug in there for you. Um, (laughs) So I wanted to have Katie on not only because I'm a fan of her podcast, Let It Out, but also because uh, I'm in Detroit and she's in Detroit Mm -hmm. and we're in Detroit together and so why not share the love? So here we are. Yes, um, I love it. I love the city, and I'm so glad that Yoga Journal is here and that you're here, and it makes me really happy. Oh, good. I'm excited. So um, for the people listening that don't know who you are about you, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started? Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll kind of get some of it out and then feel free to, like, flush out okay, anything great. that I missed. But I'm eating kale chips, and we're having tea. Yes, and they're made by monks here in Detroit. Wow. Yeah. So great. Shout out to the Zen Center. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I I got into all of kind of like wellnessy things through yoga, actually. I took a class in college, like a one credit, or in high school. It was a one credit gym class that was yoga slash Pilates. And it was the first time I'd ever like heard of yoga or Pilates at all. And... I, you know, it was, it was a fine class. It was, you know, it was like taught by a gym teacher, but it was, you know, my first time on a yoga mat and I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is interesting, whatever. But the thing that really got me was we took a field trip the last week of the semester to a yoga studio and we all like brought our yoga mats and Mm -hmm. walked downtown with our mats and we went into this hot yoga studio that just opened. No, I didn't grow up here. I I grew up in Michigan, but not here. Oh, okay. Um, I grew up in a college town a couple hours away. Okay. East Lansing. Okay. And the first there, you know, it's a very small town. At the time, no yoga studios. This one had just opened maybe like two months before. Okay. And I remember like walking in and there was a class in session and it was like very hot because it was hot yoga. And I heard them ohm. And then I saw these very sweaty people walk out and I was like, that was a weird noise, but I love it. <laughs> and then we took a class, and it was warm and cozy in there, and they played music that I loved. Like, I remember they played, I still remember what she played. She played Alexi Murdoch's, like, whole album, which I loved at the time. Mm. I mean, I still do, I guess. But um, anyway, it just had, like, such a cozy, lovely experience. And I remember being like, I want to do that every single day. And so I did. I, I ended up staying where I went to high school. I went to call. It's a big... Um, state school where I grew up and so I went to college there too primarily I mean not necessarily primarily but a big reason was because I loved my yoga studio oh my goodness I wanted to stay and practice yoga there and I did and I ended up learning to teach from the owner of that studio and then from there I went to college and I didn't really love college at all my I hated it actually (laughs) my freshman year and sophomore year really and then I studied abroad and I went to Spain and had like a fantastic experience there and came back with like friends and a boyfriend and I was suddenly really happy. But that kind of started my 
body image things because, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up being really, um, you know, I, w- I was just like a, a normal kid. I didn't have too many issues with my body, yeah. although I remember the first time I disliked my body. I was nine years old, and it was like everyone was shopping for first communion dresses, and I was a size 10, and all my friends were a size 8. Yeah. And I remember being like, well, I'm a terrible, and I'm good for nothing, and I just like started to feel terrible about myself yeah. at that ter- young age, which is so, it makes me cringe now to like think about, but that's when, you know, the body negativity started, yeah. but really like, it was mostly just thoughts at the time, it wasn't really, I wasn't really doing much about it, because, you know, when you're a child, I wasn't the one buying the food I wasn't the one like making the choices around my schedule you know I was going to school and living at home and so you know there's really only so much control I could do I remember like doing weird little things as a kid which was like the I didn't even really connect food with how my body looked like I didn't even really know that those things were connected as a 10 year old Mm -hmm. and like entirely and so I remember like making this rule for myself where I was like well if my friend has one piece of pizza, I can only have one. But if they have two, then I can have two, but I can't have three. You know, like, I was just, like, matched oh, with because so I was, like, because if I eat what they eat, then I'll be their size. Like, I didn't really yeah. understand that, yeah. like, body diversity mm-hmm. exists, and, like, that's wonderful. Right. Because um, it'd be so boring if it didn't. But anyway, that came much later. But I think my freshman year, I either gained weight or I, I just remember so many people telling me, like, oh, the freshman 15 and all of these things and I had so much fear around it that I and I was like well I'm in charge of what I'm eating for the first time I'll you know I can control this and I think that actually made me gain weight probably mm. but then I went to Spain and I, I was happy so then when I came back I had all these comments from people who hadn't seen me in a couple months being like wow you look so amazing you look great you've, you've lost weight and I didn't even honestly know if I had or not but I became at that point addicted to the compliments right? and addicted to like, oh, well, this is something I can control because my weight and, and how my body looks seemed very much out of my control at, as, you know, a child. And, and now I, I do believe it is out of our control. I believe that we, you know, we can control the way we think about our bodies and, and what we eat and to a certain point. But I think, you know, the way our bodies look is, yeah. isn't really in our control. Um, and it changes all the time and that's lovely and beautiful and we just have to be okay with that, which is a whole nother story. But anyway, so long story short, I ended up, you know, from there getting, when I came back and I I got these compliments, I was really addicted to it. So I was like, how can I take this further? How can I lose more weight? How can I Mm. diet more? How can I, so I kind of went down this wormhole of, it started out as wellness and getting into superfoods and raw veganism and, and being so crazy about these things, really, and getting too into them that they became really detrimental, actually, to my health. And then it just kind of spiraled into anorexia and orthorexia. And, like, next thing I know, by the end of college, I was in treatment for this eating disorder and all of my professors were worried about me and my family and my friends. And it was kind of terrible, but also you know, ended up being good because it got me into therapy and it got me into knowing about, you know, the power of my mind and how, you know, body image is, is really steeped in all of this and something that I just didn't know. And I, Mm. I'm really lucky that my mom, even though she didn't necessarily love her body, but she 
didn't talk too negatively about it around me yeah. as a kid, which was great, but I still picked up a lot. You can pick all that stuff up. You can feel what they're yeah. feeling. And, um, and so, so I just picked up these things about myself that I just, I didn't feel good enough for how I looked. I didn't feel good enough that I was smart enough or cool enough or pretty enough. So I was like, you know what? I'll just be thin enough and then I'll be happy and liked and I'll have everything I want. And I didn't. I, I was miserable and sad. Um, so I, and you know, hungry. and hungry and hangry, um, and and it makes you crazy too. And so that that kind of led me to realizing, okay, I need to get to know myself beyond my physicality. And I did. And I read every self help book. And I, you know, like I said, I was in therapy. Mm-hmm. And and then I, during all of this, I was I started a, a blog, um, which was called the Wellness Wonderland at the time. And it grew, and I, I was, you know, it, it changed and grew as I did, which was lovely. And then that eventually turned into a podcast where I was interviewing a diverse group of people, but really they were, you know, wellnessy people. But I, I realized from all these conversations I was having with people, and this was back in 2013 where, like, podcasts weren't there was a big n- deal. Yeah, it was Pre-serial, like... Pre-serial, totally. no one knew what they were. Yeah. And once I was talking to all these different people, I realized, like, there are lots of different approaches to wellness and there's no one way to do it. And I started to kind of loosen my grip on, mm. you know, the perfection I was holding on to. Because even though I was like living on my own and technically like recovered or recovering, I was still like very much managing my thoughts and very yeah. much like still doing negative behaviors. And um, and so anyway, so I just kind of have grown and changed. That was that was in 2013 that I started that. Yeah. So that's been almost five years now or over five years now. And wow. um, I've been doing it ever since. And so it's grown and changed as I have. And eventually that led to a book deal where I wrote a book about journaling because that was a tool that really helped me get to know myself. Yeah. And then I changed the podcast name to be called Let It Out as well, which, you know, I liked the Wellness Wonderland as a name. It actually came to me in a yoga class. What? Um, I liked it, but then I was kind of like, you know, it's not about the food. It's not about, you know, being perfect with my wellness routines. It's about, you know, making my life as a whole really beautiful and great, not just my physical body. Mm -hmm. And so I had a more diverse group of people and I talk now to comedians and actors and also yoga teachers and also, you know, writers, but, um, it's, it's just broadened, but I always say like, you can take the girl out of Wellness Wonderland, but you can't take the Wellness Wonderland out of the girl. Like, oh, I still, I love like, that. love the green juice as much as the yeah. next guy, and I'm, like, into that, but it's not everything to yeah. me anymore, which is healthy, I think. Yeah, well, I think that you've just, I mean, you're basically speaking to just the evolution of ourself and our yeah. journey and our path and how we grow from creating one thing and it evolves and changes, and just as we evolve and we change, you know? So that that's beautiful it's a great great story and i i definitely am a fan of the podcast and i do love that you have a diversity and eclectic group of people because everyone at the end of the day really speaks to the same ideas of um just creating a life of purpose and a life of wellness and a life of just doing the things that you love um i really i want to talk to you about um journaling and how that's a major tool that you helped you and Mm -hmm. you've written a book about it and how you find that journaling in particular is something very powerful that we can do for ourselves. Yeah, I didn't grow up journaling and I I never like kept a diary or anything when I was younger, but I, um, when I was really in it with 
being in therapy and healing yeah. the eating disorder, I, like I said, I was reading every self-help book. I was, I had all these people around me telling me what to do and what to think. And a lot of it was very helpful, but I, like I said, I was surrounded by people, but I felt very much alone, you know? Yeah. And I had a gift card that I'd gotten for graduation to a bookstore. And I remember like standing in this bookstore in the self-help section, of course, being like, I don't want any of these. What should I spend this gift card on? So I like wandered out of the self-help section into the stationery section and I bought this colorful journal. And nobody told me to do this, which is weird. Someone should have because it's very helpful. But <laughs> I, um, I just spent the summer like writing in this journal and I was able for the first time to be unfiltered and raw and real more so than I was able to be even with people who were safe like close friends or family because you know there's a level of like wanting not wanting people to worry about you too much or not wanting to show yourself we wear these masks and even you know with my therapist like I wanted her to like me so I wasn't like saying my darkest thoughts and I wasn't saying my like lightest thoughts I wasn't like yeah. I was too afraid to say like my lofty goals and dreams that I had because I didn't want to be judged yeah and so I was all there was always a level of filtering I think we do with other human beings where um with myself I could be fully vulnerable and then eventually once I felt safe and I at least knew what was going on in my head then I could make my therapy sessions more effective and then yeah. I could make my relationships with people more vulnerable and deeper because I had that self-awareness with myself because I didn't even know who I was and I didn't know what I was thinking unless I was writing I still don't it's still a tool for me to like figure out what is happening in my brain because I say this in the book but we and you've probably heard this before but we have 60,000 thoughts a day and a lot of them are repeat thoughts so they're things we think on repeat over and over again and they might not be serving us they might be actually really harmful mm -hmm. like like negative thoughts exactly you're not beliefs. good enough yeah. or you can't play the ukulele because you're terrible at that sort of thing well it's like well maybe you didn't think that maybe you just practice and then you could you know yeah um or you're you have terrible hair or you have whatever it is like these thoughts that maybe like somebody told you in second grade but it's still in your mind and you it's somewhere deep in there and you're like thinking it. So if you can kind of get that out of your head and onto the page and kind of parse it out there, you can decide what to listen to and what's there to keep you safe, but you can let go of and what is like a mean thought that you've had before. It really, I say this too in the book, it skims the pond. And so it takes yeah. off those negative things at the top mm -hmm. and it gets to like the clear water underneath the positive thought forms and beliefs mm -hmm. and new ideas by just getting rid of the scum thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's such a helpful tool and just in, in my own process, I mean that writing to me has always been a tool since I was little, you know, I, I wrote my first book when I was like six years old oh yeah and like it was a, a project we had these creative essays that we would write in uh, second grade and our uh our second grade teacher put it together for me and like so the entire year all my writings like she created this like what a great book, teacher I know, right miss yeah. pearson i'll never forget her and yeah, um miss pearson yeah miss pearson i wonder if she's still there who knows um at dante williams in uh east los angeles maybe we'll look her up and see if she's still there changed my life obviously um but ever since that i knew that my feelings were much 
better when I wrote them out mm. or like they always felt better when I would write things mm. out and um and it just it just became a habit for me but not it didn't become uh writing for uh like it, it wasn't a, a fruitful effort until I got much older and I realized how to utilize it as a tool for um creating better things in my life as opposed to just writing how depressed I was all the time or how much I hated certain things. It was just like always such a Debbie downer, right? Like so, but it still was getting things out. So it didn't really matter, I guess, at the end of the day, what I was writing so long as I was just getting it out on, yeah. on paper. Well, I say, I say this, um, in the book too, like, are you familiar with Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way? Yeah. You know, I've not read it, but I've, so Heard many people, it. yeah, yeah. talked about it. So she has this exercise in there called Morning Pages, and it's uh, yes. it's three pages front back front of stream of consciousness writing first thing in the morning. And, and there's an exercise in my book called The Morning Dump, which is a more like guided way through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, you know, I was doing that for a while where I was just kind of like writing out my real thoughts and feelings every single day for a while. And, and it's a very cathartic practice to, to be in, and, you know, I'm sure I'll do it again someday. But... I found when I was doing that that like a lot of times it would start off very negative at the top where I was just kind of like letting out the thoughts in my mind but then you start to self-soothe and you know it kind of started like as I went down the page it was like very negative you know yesterday was horrible but by the time I got to the bottom it was like but today is better and here's Mm -hmm. what I'm gonna and I would never let myself like end on the negative Mm -hmm. so I had to kind of like come to some resolution as I was writing and I think at a certain point, you get out all of that negative crap, and you're left with like, all right, now I, I got it out. Like, what do I? I'm gonna just try to say something positive at this point because, you know, what else is there to do? So I think that's kind of why it feels cathartic because yeah. you're coaching yourself. You're yeah. kind of being your a self therapist yeah. in a way there. Yeah, and you work with people also, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I do, like, some mentoring to, to... I'm not a... I'm, like, always very, like, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a coach. But I had so many people reaching out to me, like, how do you... What do you do? And how do you do this? And I would love to start a blog or a podcast that... I was get, writing so many emails of advice and, like, talking to people all the time that I was like, well, maybe I, I could mentor people. So on a very, like, limited basis, I, like, still will, will mentor a few people um, at a time. But, you know, I just kind of tell... I always teach from my experience yeah and if I'm giving a talk or whatever I'm like the first to say I'm not a journaling expert I'm just (laughs) an enthusiast I'm not an expert of anything I'm just a journaling cheerleader and enthusiast of it you're an expert at being you kind of I'm getting there I think by the time I'm like 50 I'll be an expert at being myself hopefully but I think like every year I feel like I'm more myself yeah every year I get older and I'm just like happy about that because I I think you know in your 20s you're like constantly changing and growing so quickly and I look back at myself a year ago and I'm like wow (laughs) I can't believe it and it's funny I talked about this in my I just gave a talk at the good fest and I mentioned yeah you were talking about well that's where you were when I think I tried to reach out yeah yeah totally um, but I, I ended up, I'm like always worried, you know, you're like 
when you're like dating a new person or something, or like you're like trying to work them into conversation or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's I feel so like I always do this with my favorite movie. So I have this favorite movie, and I like worked in this quote from my favorite movie into my talk because I like love it. But there's this quote in my in this I almost called it my movie and Happy Thank You More Please this movie I happen to like a lot. And one of the characters Sam says to this other character, and he's like. Every five years, I realize how much of an asshole I was five years ago. <laughs> and he's like, just like clockwork. It's like I look at it and I'm like, oh my. God. And so then they then they start talking like, five years from now, whatever you're doing now, you're gonna think it was terrible. So who cares? Just yeah, do it because just whatever do it. it is. Um, and and I think really what that means to me and why that yeah. was like so helpful for me to hear was because it's like it's essentially saying like, you're gonna grow and change. And you have no way, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You know? And so it's just kind of like, I only have the information I have right now. And my only goal, I used to constantly be trying to grow and change, which I still want to grow. And I'm still into personal growth. And I, I want to do all of these things and get out of my comfort zone and blah, blah, blah. Like, we get it. It's amazing. But at the same time, I think it, there's something to be said for making my goal more tangible yeah. and just. I'm trying to be better at being myself. And to do that, I need more self-awareness. And, like, that's where journaling comes in to be helpful. Yeah. No, that's so great. Is there anything in your life that has always been a constant? Hmm. Um, that's a really interesting question. That's a really good question. I think it's hard because I've grown and changed so much. Like, I yeah. didn't grow up being into wellness or even, like, positive thinking or a relationship with spirituality at all really um it's something I kind of grew and developed for myself yeah and but I will say like in the last so maybe not since I was like a child but I think in the last you know 10 years or even longer than that I've a constant has been knowing that what I'm thinking informs my reality and trying and it's hard like this week, I, I, like, had, like, a funky week because I just have, like, a lot of my plate. I told you earlier before yeah. recording, like, I'm moving and just, like, a lot of, like, feelings are coming up. Yeah. And I was just, and I'm, like, about to be on my period, so it's all, like, oh, a little great. bit, like, it's a little bit intensifying. Yeah. So it's just kind of, like, knowing yourself with that. But it's it's about, like, knowing, like, okay, I'm having these thoughts, but, like, this too shall pass. And I heard this really great affirmation uh, that I call, like, the all-purpose affirmation. And this isn't mine. It's from Louise Hay. Do you know Louise yeah, Hay? Yeah, I know Louise Hay. Um, and I, like, think she's fantastic. Yeah. She's, like, She's amazing. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And I love her. Hay House is my publisher. Like, she's amazing. So maybe, like, six years ago or more than that or so, I heard this affirmation of hers. And it's something you can say, like, when, like, a negative situation happens or you're just, like, feeling really sad or you do something wrong or something bad happens, she says to say this affirmation in your mind and it works because, well, I'll say it, but then like she says it works because there's different parts of it. Mm -hmm. And well, I'll say it first and I'll explain it. So it's all is well. Everything is working out for your highest good. Out of this situation, only good will come and I am safe. And she says this works because you first say the part all, all is well and that like calms you down because mm -hmm. the first thing we want to know like when we're in fight or flight is like that you're calm. That you're, yeah. And then everything is working out for your highest good. This like allows the universe to like come in and take over and like send things in the right direction before you start to like manage yeah. things which usually ends up making things worse. Exactly. You know like yeah. profusely apologizing or like trying to do things or like 
getting a snack to not feel your feelings or like turning yeah. to alcohol or drugs or whatever it is to just like cope. But that allows you to be like, hey, it's okay. You know, like we're going to handle this. And then the next part, um, everything is working out for my highest good. Out of this situation, only good will come. So that part's important because it's like out of this really terrible, nasty situation, there's something good that will happen yeah. even from this. Because I know there's been so many times in my life where like something that I perceived as awful has actually ended up being a blessing. And we've all like, I'm sure had things like that. So that kind of reminds you of that. And then the end part, I'm safe. It's just like, again, calms your body down. Yeah. You're like, dude, chill. Relax. Um, relax. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I like, that's kind of been a constant for me in like recent years. And I say that just as like a mantra all day long. Sometimes I just like repeat it as like a prayer, a mantra, mm. a something that's like goes along with me. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because we, you know, we go on these journeys to find and, and follow the things that bring us happiness and joy. And in the interim, we get, you know, sometimes deviated by thoughts or limitations or resources, you know. And it's always interesting to be on a path of self-awareness because we really can learn so much. And I feel like a lot of the times there are certain things in our lives that happen that kind of throw us off kilter. And to have things like that, to have a mantra or to have a favorite book or a favorite movie quote or uh, or a podcast or something to yeah. listen to, you know, to have that tool so that you know that when you're getting this advice or you're watching that movie or you're reading that book or you're listening to that podcast, you know you're going to feel good. Yeah. So what what in your routine now and in your life, and I know you're getting ready to like embark on this new journey what are the things that keep you in in a grounded space? Mm. I think, like you said, having those things that you know you love and make you feel good, I'm so all about that. Like, knowing, you know, the movie you can watch to make you feel less alone and knowing, like, li- I, I have to remind myself to listen to music. In my old apartment, I used to have a post-it on the wall that said, listen to music even if you don't want to. Like, because I... I remember being like, oh, I don't I don't know what to... Because it can be so overwhelming sometimes just to, like, decide what to listen to when you're, like, at home. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, whatever, I won't listen to anything. <laughs> but I always feel better if I, like, have music on. So, yeah. like, something as simple as that. Like, just knowing yourself. And yeah. I actually just wrote this. I, I, like, have this little letter I send. I want to say monthly, but it's, like, every three months when I, like, yeah. have time. But I send it to, you know, people on who can sign up and mm-hmm. anyone can sign up. Like newsletter. Huh? A newsletter, yeah. yeah. I want to, like, have something to call it I'm thinking I call it my let it out letter but like I don't know I, I always like I'm like this is a, the word newsletter makes me think of like first grade like a letter from the teacher to oh, the parents yeah. so I want like a better name so for did it. you guys ever have like that thing where they would like pin your homework on your shirt or like no pin- but I went to dance class where like we had this thing where it was like put out your mailbox and you like lifted out your shirt and they put it down your shirt isn't that weird that's a little strange it's a little strange and people listening can't see me, but I'm literally, like, pulling out my shirt to yeah, put it in our boobs. Pulling, yeah, totally. It was very weird. I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. Yeah, weird. we used to have... They used to pin it, like, on our backs, like, with a pin. And I was always afraid that they were going to, like, you. poke me. Yeah. You know? Because huh. I'm like, what are they doing back there? And I just thought it was weird. I'm like, why are you... I was, like, five. I'm like, why are you pinning this on me? Very strange. Okay, carry on. I'm sorry. So you're trying to figure out something to call it. Yeah, yeah, anyways, but I was writing on on that today, because it's, I'm, like, sending it out, like, tomorrow, but, um, 
I was saying, you know, I know in there the things to do to make me feel like a person. And I am an introvert extrovert. So that's like if, if you know about like Myers-Briggs. Oh, like yeah. There's what like, is yours? I'm an ENFP. ENFP. So what is that? What is that? Basically, that's the one, and this is why I bring it up, that need, it's right, if it's introverted, introvertedism or whatever, and extrovertedism or whatever is like a spectrum, right? So now there's one oh, side and the yes. other side. I'm smack in the middle. So that means, you know, people who are extroverts get their energy from being around people, and they still need both, but like they mm-hmm. get energized from being around yeah. people. And people who are introverts get energy from being alone. But where I am, I'm right in the middle, so I get energy from being around people, but I also get an, I need energy. I need to being recharge being alone. Yeah. So like I need the perfect amount of like, mm. if I'm alone too much, I start to go crazy and feel terrible. And if I'm around people too much, I start to go crazy and feel terrible. So like, I know that I need a lot of alone and quiet time to like meander the internet and like yeah. watch YouTube videos and like read things on, you know, the internet and yeah. like listen to podcasts and go on long walks and like, I require a lot of that, but I also require a lot of, like, this, like, connecting in person and getting coffee with people and, like, spending time with, you know, the people in my life that I love. Like, I need that, too, but if I have even too much of that, and lately, like, I, since I'm moving, I'm trying to, like, spend every second I can with friends and with family and with my boyfriend and with, like, people here. Yeah. And I'm also traveling a lot. Like, last weekend I was gone, the weekend before I was gone, so I'm... I had kind of a, a crazy week where I was like, ah, I just uh, need to like catch up and be yeah. by myself, you know? Um, and so anyway, it's, it's about like knowing myself enough to be like, oh, I feel crazy right now, but here's why. And this is what I can do to feel better. Whereas like five years ago or even like two years ago, I maybe wouldn't have known that. And I was just like, I feel crazy. Is this ending? You know, yeah. is this ever going to end? <laughs> and I think like, that's why people say that like teenagers are, are so intense. And like, I feel like being in your twenties is kind of like being a teenager or at least for me it was the second adolescence that no one really told me about mm-hmm. where like all of your emotions are kind of intensified and blown up like a balloon because you're maybe feeling them for the first time or you don't know how long they're going yeah. to last you don't know if this will be forever and now that I'm like getting towards the I'm on the second half of my 20s and getting towards the end of them I'm able to be like oh okay I felt this way before I get it. It feels awful, but it changes. And, you know, to this week I felt really bad and I didn't feel good about my body, but, you know, next week, like, maybe it'll be better. Or this week I felt really great and I felt beautiful and productive and successful and funny and, like, all of the things. But next week that might not last either, yeah. you know? So just not being too attached to anything oh and being, my like, goodness. Yes. life it has, like, multitudes and that's great because that's why we're here. We like chose to be here to experience them. And if we don't, it's boring. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, you're totally right. And it actually segues us perfectly into the next question Mm -hmm. about uh, yoga and how yoga has affected your life and yoga teacher training because you're also a teacher. So tell us a little bit about how yoga has influenced your life. I think for me, when I first found yoga in high school, it was very important to me because I was never athletic. I never liked sports. I was always terrible at sports. I hated everything movement-wise. Yeah. And then I found myself in this yoga class, and I was like, I'm good at this. 
Like I like this and naturally like I'm, I have, it's actually called something, I forget what it's called. The doctor always tells me. I have something where I'm like overly flexible. So like I don't feel a stretch in things. It's, it's very strange. Like I can, I have like weird joints. Like I can do weird things with like my arms and fingers and like I can, I, so anyway, so I started doing yoga and I was very good at it. Like I could just like do the splits. I could do all the like the things without stretching or any of the yeah. things because I have this like weird, dis, not disorder, but like <laughs> I just have this weird thing. You have thing. this awesome superpower. Kind of. Okay. But then I was in, I was doing yoga every day, like I said, sometimes twice a day and then eventually yoga teacher training and I was like, oh yeah, I'm fine. I can just pop into this and out of that and like no big deal. Um, but I didn't really have any of the strength. Like I could, and still now, like I can't really do arm balances. I can't mm. really do like, I, you know, a lot of the strength things are really hard for me because my muscles aren't very strong, but I'm very flexible in the joints. And so what happened was I actually injured myself because my joints were so flexible and the muscles around them weren't supportive. Um, so I would over, you know how you can overstretch muscles? Yeah. You learn about that in yoga yeah. teacher training. Like, that's really bad because then you can have joint problems. Yeah, your ligaments. Like, exactly. They're like rubber bands. Like, once you overstretch them, they can't go back. Exactly. So that's what I kept doing because I didn't, most people, like, if they're tight, they, like, try to touch their, their toes and they feel a sensation and they stop. Yeah. And that's good that you feel the sensation yeah. even though you're like oh it's bummer I can't touch my toes to stop. you like stop because you're yeah. like I'm gonna hurt myself again. yeah exactly but I don't feel that even though I should also stop so I would just be like yeah I can do this with it doesn't hurt I'll just do it you know and so I kept doing that with things and I kept having all so now all of my ligaments have um popped like the rubber bands and so it's it's okay like it's not the end of the world but I was feeling all those like pains in my body is like this young person mm -hmm. and so I was like okay I need to like back off of this but originally like I said originally finding yoga was like oh this is something I'm good at I didn't know why I was so good at it at the time but this is something I enjoy and I'm good at and it's very me and so you know I was doing hot vinyasa yoga twice a day every day and I it was a lot um <laughs> and I, I became like really addicted to it and then yeah. like when I went through my yoga teacher training I was like very much healing my eating disorder so it kind of like skewed that experience and I think you know one day I'll do another one I'm sure I'll, I'll do another one but it really also kind of saved me and helped me to have that anchor and have that yeah. group of people I was with and um, that safe space for me to be in every day and and I loved it I had this beautiful experience and then teaching after was this magnificent thing that was so healing for me yeah. especially at that time in my life and I'll never forget like teaching my first yoga class and, and maybe you had this experience too but I remember instructing like the first thing where I, I think I was like everyone lift your right leg to the sky or something and it's seeing like a room of 60 people like <gasps> lift their leg and being like they're doing what I said like, but yeah what is happening this is crazy. <laughs> and I remember just being like whoa, they're going to do whatever I say right yeah. now. Like, I just felt very powerful. Yeah. Um, which was which was good for me. It sounds yeah. kind of crazy, but, like, I think I needed that, the phase of my life that I was in. It yeah. kind of, like, got me to be like, okay, people listen to me in a yoga room. Maybe I'm important. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm good enough. I'm going to, like, heal and keep going and, mm -hmm. and do this thing, life, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it really, like, kind of kept me going. And then from there, you know, it's I love teaching. I was telling you before this, I used to have a class at a yoga studio here yeah. that I taught for like four or five years on Sunday mornings. And it was, I used to call it like wellness wonderland church. And I would like 
talk at the beginning with I like some it. message that I had for your the week. Dharma talk. Yeah, and it was lovely, and I, I loved it so much. I make like a theme and a playlist every week, and it was really it wasn't really about the the people I taught. It started to be about me, and you know every week I had to show up there and like be myself, and no matter what my week was like, and that was healing for me. It was a really nice anchor to have, and and I loved it, and yeah, I miss teaching um, regularly, but I. I know I'm glad that it's something that I love and I can do and I can, um, you know, hopefully continue to do yeah. in uh, bigger ways in the How future. is it, how, and you did it, your training out here. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the yoga scene like out here? Here in Detroit, and especially now, it's insane. It's huge. There are so many yoga studios. There's so many styles of yoga. We have... Bikram Studios in abundance. We have vinyasa studios. Mm-hmm. We have hot vinyasa studios. Yeah. We have... There's more popping up every day, it seems like, on my block. Like, they're just everywhere. And I think that's great. I think yeah. it's amazing. And I think five years ago when I moved here, there were definitely yoga studios, but there were not as many. Yes, there are now. Oh, not, not at all. And not really, like... Like I was telling you before, Detroit is really... Big, just actually the city of Detroit and then there are all these suburbs that also make it huge and yoga is more maybe in the suburbs and yeah. I think there's a lot more yoga studios here which I really like yeah um, but where I grew up in East Lansing you know it's a college town and it's a very small town I often say that like without the college in it it would be like nothing like a farmland like there's like nothing there but the college we have you know like 40,000 new people every year every year it's like it's like normal size yeah yeah um but you know there when I grew up there was no whole foods there was no like health food store there was one health food like there was a teeny tiny like food co-op like there was no yoga studios like I said until I was in high school and then there was one yeah and all through college there was one yoga studio right and so now, this is a crazy thing, I go home to visit my mom now, and we have a Whole Foods, and we have, like, s- there's so many yoga studios. Like, my studio is not the only one. There's a Bikram studio, and there's another studio, and there's another studio, and it's crazy. It, it's wow. crazy how, like, in my little small town yeah. that I grew up in, it's grown so yeah, much. Yeah, there's just cool. And it's, it's great for me. I mean, look, I've never been here and like, I'm only learning about all the different suburbs now, like Mm -hmm. since we've been talking and I've only been here for a couple of days, but you can definitely, the studios we've already been at it, you can definitely feel the desire and the sense of community and how like having those spaces has really helped Mm -hmm. the community. Yeah. Um, I'm curious as to what it was like prior to all the studios and stuff being here because Detroit has kind of a bad rap, right? Like, with, you know, the decline of the um, uh, car companies and, Mm -hmm. you know, the socioeconomic standpoint and um, just, you know, the the position it's in. So how has it changed in the last couple of years and what was it like before? I mean, I think it's like any other city. Like, there are areas that are really developed. There are areas that aren't. There are, you know, developments happening in areas that are kicking out the integrity of the people who Mm. live there. And that's really awful, too. As much as, like, you know, people can kind of look at the urban development here and be like, it's so great, it's so amazing, and look at all the good it does. And I get that argument, too. But it's like, well, also, you know, there are people who live here, and 
kicking them out isn't great either. And, you know, there's, there's so much, um, not controversy, but there's discussion around these issues that I, I, you know, didn't really realize and didn't really question, you know, when a new restaurant would open, I would just be excited and I wouldn't really think like, Oh, this new restaurant or this yoga studio that like the people who actually live in this area could never afford to go to Mm. or maybe couldn't afford to go to. And then there's, there's this like gaudy restaurant here, like kind of showcasing this like wealth. And, and so it's just like knowing our place here, I think is really important and knowing like the cultures that have been here for a long time and not like keeping that in integrity. And I'm not for sure the person to, talk to about this I can think of like eight friends of mine who would like be able to speak on the development here in the city way more articulately than I can but you know I think just being aware of these things and talking about these things is is really important and at the same time I think it's great that there are more yoga studios here and I think there's this beautiful thing about um my meditation teacher taught me this about like when you have I think it's called the Maharaji effect. Have you heard of oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, where it's like if you have a, a critical mass of people meditating in an area, it, the crime rates go down go in down, that area. That's right, yeah. And so, I mean, in, from that respect, I think it's fantastic that, you know, there's more people becoming aware and awake of mindfulness and yoga and perhaps yeah. meditation. And where I live, I live right on the border of Detroit and this suburb called Ferndale okay. and where the insole yeah. yoga was. Um, so I live right off of, of eight mile between eight and nine mile if people are from here. And now they know where I live. Now <laughs> you've just given everyone where um, Which is fine because I'm moving and also who cares. Um, <laughs> but I live above a meditation studio mm. and I often say... It's a Yogananda um Yeah, Paramount Yogananda Self Realization Fellowship. Yeah, I yeah. live right above um one of those studios. Mm-hmm. And I always can hear like the gongs and the chanting. Sometimes you can even hear it on my podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like that's one thing I'm really gonna miss about my, my my apartment's amazing and so cheap because compared to New York it's like insanity. But it's lovely I feel like I have these like really great energy vibes coming up and also like where I'm meditating like I met my butt is literally like above (sighs) more people meditating and it just always makes me very happy yeah um so anyway I don't know if that even answered your question I probably no it does it's I'm just curious you know because I'm not obviously not from here and I just I like to you know ask the locals like their opinion or their observations and stuff and I think that it's it's helpful and I think just energetically with what we do for a living and what we're bringing to the world in general that I think that just being aware that you know not everyone has the opportunity to go and have these experiences because of you know socioeconomic standpoint or uh, just don't have access to it you know well that's why I think it's like it's I would never say it's bad that there are more yoga studios right you know what I mean because like even if they are expensive and even if you know some people might not have access or desire to go to them I think them being there isn't bad because maybe you know people just don't have desire to go to them because they don't feel like it's available to them because primarily yoga is for they think for white thin women privileged thin women and so that takes you know they might be like well I'm an African-American person who like feels like I wouldn't fit in there but I think having access to these things and having more people 
doing them and being inclusive and having more diversity in Mm -hmm. them is the best thing we can do to kind of allow people to have an opportunity to even try something yeah and that's the beautiful thing that I've found in the three yoga classes at the studios I've been to here that it's very diverse yeah and it's very inclusive and it feels very community oriented and and I love that you know I I love the the feel and I, I love what's happening and you can definitely see that there is a blooming happening here and that's very yeah. exciting so um I just have a couple more questions before we wrap up. One of them being, what's bringing you to New York and what do we have to look forward to in your journey and your path? Well, I like I've been telling you, I've never lived outside of Michigan, so I think it will be interesting and I think it will, I, I've been saying I, it'll be a good life episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying it. I've always wanted to live in New York since mm-hmm. I was a kid and I want to try it right now. I think it, it'll be, I'll learn something about myself. I think yeah. it'll be a good personal growth thing for me. Yeah. And take a chance. Mm-hmm. And I have yeah. like an opportunity and friends there. And so I think I'll just, I'll be doing the same things I'm doing now, just there. And I'm excited. I'm also terrified, but I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give your 15 year old self? Oh man. I'm trying to think when I was 15. I guess I would just say, like, figure out who you are and stop trying to be what you think everyone else wants. Because I think that's what I was always doing. I was so disconnected from myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just kind of a chameleon to whatever anyone wanted. And I still find myself doing that sometimes, but I I do it so much less. Mm -hmm. Hardly at all. And only, like, when I go back when I kind of revert because that's my default. Yeah. But I don't really do that anymore, and I'm really proud of that. Hmm, that's really good. What would your 65-year-old self tell you now? Oh, man. I hope she would just tell me, like, dude, it gets <laughs> so much better. You're going to be, like, amazing, and your podcast, like, takes over the world, and you do so much traveling, and you have so many great experiences, and you feel so much love, and you have so many great connections, and, like, your hair is really long and great and white. Like, I really want to be, like, an old lady with, like, very, very long white hair. Oh, my God, me too. Literally, like, I'm not kidding. I just talked about this last night with Uh one of my friends. I'm like, that's always been, like, the vision of how I see myself like yeah. I can't wait to have like white long hair oh I totally see it and be you. like totally just like walking around like yeah well I think a lot of old ladies get short hair like my grandma always had short hair like I never saw her with her hair mm-hmm. long I think when she was younger she didn't have long hair either but anyway my point is I feel like people when they get older are like well I have an old person haircut and like I just always want to have very long hair and I want it to be white like very very white yeah I agree um so just to, I want to like just hang out here and like just keep talking. No, it's so much fun. Um, so I, I'm just gonna wrap up with the final question. Okay. Uh, Questions. This is so fun. I know. Okay. Uh, we'll just do it again. Yeah. It's not a big deal. We'll just hang out. Yeah. I want to come visit LA. So. Okay, good. And I'm gonna come to New York. Perfect. So then I'll just come hang out with Bi-coastal you. Bicoastal besties. That's, <laughs> that's the best. Should that be a podcast name? Uh, yeah. Should we write what? that down? <laughs> I think we should. We'll just have to re-listen to this so we remember all yeah. of the things. Um, so I created Radically Loved as a forum for people to come and um, listen to 
all the different ways that yoga and meditation and wellness can help their lives, stories of uh, people's paths and their journeys and how people, people follow their dreams or their passion or just a place where they can come to and listen to things and feel supported, right? So uh, the idea is that we are radically loved by God, source, higher power, whatever your belief is. Mm -hmm. There is a force that is keeping this world together and the universe conspires for you and not against you. I love all that, yeah. Right? So the questions are, how do you feel radically loved and what do you radically love? such big questions okay all right well I feel radically loved when I have little winks from the universe or you know all the things you said oh, God's source, whatever whatever yeah. um oh and a nice one is like okay so they're kind of like signs and signals that like I'm in the right direction and they're like speaking to my intuition yeah. and things are going to be okay and they they happen all the time and like one happened right now so my lucky number like the number that for me is like everything is 22 and so today you're on the 22nd floor here <gasps> and so I was like of course and um yeah I actually like took a photo and like insta storied it to my boyfriend to be like of course she's on floor 22 ah! like of course um so that kind of thing happens to me all the time where like I happen to look at the um the like how many miles my car's gone it's like 2222 or whatever and like it, it's it's 222 and like it yeah. becomes laughable at this point so like that's when I feel loved that's when I'm like oh wait life has meaning and like everything's gonna be okay and I'm supported and like I'm connected to yeah. humanity and I like to believe that and I I think that the the universe is is this thing that we can communicate with and send mm -hmm. gratitude towards and is around us supporting us and it's going to be okay and I forget that all the time and go into like fear and negativity and totally. like oh my god it hates do. me and like yeah. what's gonna happen and I shouldn't have done that and like oh my god my thighs or whatever you know um and it's crazy but like that happens all the time um but then hopefully I remember to say my Louise Hay affirmation and I see a 22 and I'm like that was silly. The universe has my back. Everything's fine. Chill out, you know. Um, so that's the first question. And what was the second question? What do you radically love? I love this. I love, like, being myself and having conversations with people and, like, connecting as myself with someone else, being totally themselves. And um, I think, you know, I guess it's, like, the definition of namaste, Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I'm in that place, you're in that place, and that's when I feel really great. And I can it can do that with, like, someone I met for the first time, like you, or I can, like, do that with my... It happens, like, rarely sometimes with, like, parents, because I think, you know, that's, like, a whole other relationship. But, like, every <laughs> once in a while, like, get that with my mom, or, like, definitely with my boyfriend and some really close yeah. friends that I have. Like, I'm like, oh, this is life. This is, like, being myself, and I yeah. fe I'm feeling seen. And there's this great quote, like... Forget who says this, but essentially the quote is like, when you're to be fully loved is to be like fully seen as yourself, and it's also like your most vulnerable, um, and we're most scared to be that because we're afraid that we won't be loved. I'm like mm. butchering this quote, but it's like nobody actually wants to be seen as themselves because they're afraid they won't be loved. But then when you are loved as that, that's like when you really feel loved. Yeah. So like I feel 
Oh, yeah, maybe that was the answer to the first question. But I don't know. I just love, like, it's all the connections and deep conversation and, like, yeah. feeling like I like myself. Yeah, that's great. I love that. That's great. Yeah. That's a great answer. Thanks. Where can people go to to connect with you, to get more information about you, and get updates on what you're doing? Cool. Well, thank you for having me. You're wonderful. <laughs> um also, yeah, I'm just like a Google away. You know, my name's Katie Dalebow, and my website is Katie Dalebow. My podcast is called Let It Out, and my book is also called Let It Out. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy books. Um, we'll link the, sh- in the show notes, we'll link all of your stuff on yeah, there. So yeah, 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 that'd be cool. So people can just click on it and get And I was going to and... say, too, the, the email list, if you want to be on that, that's, like, yeah. pretty cool. I like, hardly ever send emails, but when I do, they're good. <laughs> and they're very vulnerable. They're very thought out, yeah. is what you're saying. Very intentional. Yeah, and they have, like, I always put, like, what I've been listening to, what I've been watching, and what I've been reading. And so there's, like, a bunch of links in them. And when you sign up for the first time, you get my, like, I call it Katie's Favorite Things. I say my Oprah voice. <laughs> but it's, like, a curated list of all the things that make me feel less alone in the world. So it's, like, yeah. my favorite videos, books, movies, quotes, uh, yeah. food, like, everything that oh. I love links to that. I love that. Yeah, so I'll give you that link, too. Oh, yay! Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming here, for, for hanging out with me, me, for having tea with me, for bringing me uh, zen uh, kale chips made by monks. monks. That's right. So cool. And for, you know, doing what you're doing out in the world and for shining your light and for thank being an inspiration you. to millions of people. Millions. 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 Taking some liberties there. Millions. Oh, man. And um, I need millions of downloads then. (laughs) Just projecting out there. Yeah, I love it. Let's put Um, it out there. Hey, why don't we say tens of millions? Tens of millions. Millions. (laughs) But, you know, all the work that you're doing is, you know, inspiring a lot of people. And I think it's really great. And I love connecting with people that are doing what they love to do and you can clearly see that you are living your passion you. and it's always inspiring so thank you so much oh God, for so being sweet. here thank you, ah, this is great we did it we did it we did it hey everyone i hope you enjoyed this episode i am so excited to continue to do this please share this with your friends email us Message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes. Write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.